Good morning. You may be seated. How are you? Awesome. It's so good to see you. Amen. Praise God for you. And uh, before we jump in today, just want to go over a couple of things. So this week is an amazing week. Amen. This is an amazing week. So if you don't know it already, this week, Monday through Friday, we're doing a revival of amazing acts. It's going to be a week of amazement and God's going to pour out his goodness. We're going to go through the book of Acts. We're going to be preaching on it, teaching on it, and we're going to see the power of God move. There's people going to be healed this week. There's people that are going to see miracles in their lives. And uh, we see them all the time anyway, but we're going to see even more this week. It's going to be awesome. I just, this is something this week I felt like the Lord told me to do at the beginning of the summer. He said, I want you to have a week talking about the amazing and astonishing things in the book of Acts and how we're supposed to be walking in them, what we're called to do, and we're going to see it. And so if the Lord told us to do that, I'm expecting great and mighty things. It's going to be awesome. Amen? And so that'll be 6.30 Monday through Friday. And uh, next Sunday, we're actually going to have a baptism service uh, following following this week. We felt led to do that, have multiple people that wanted to be baptized. And uh, so we'll have a baptism service. If you like that, you can sign up out in the foyer. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet out there. All right. So also, let's see here. They'll go through the rest of the... They'll go through the rest of the announcements later. Next week, a week from Thursday, so like a week and four days, uh, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth will be with us. And uh, it's going to be a breakthrough night with him. Uh, felt leading to have him down here. If you know any of the Shuttlesworth family, uh, don't come if you have uh, thin skin. Uh, they, are, they believe in going after God with everything being on fire. They don't believe in lukewarm living. And so I'm expecting that it'll be a night of breakthrough and what's been you know, maybe holding you up, expect that it's broken off. If it doesn't get broke off in Acts week, it'll get broken off that night. Amen. Glory to God. Because we want you free. We want you walking in the freedom of the Lord. What does the word say? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We ought to be the most free people in this area. We ought to be the most on fire people in this area. We ought to be walking in the liberty of God, smile on our face, joy in our hearts. You know, it was interesting. She mentioned a testimony that we had this week uh, where Dylan and Grayson had received, uh, a, they won a prize online and uh, it was awesome. Do you mind if I share a little bit of that? And uh, they give the glory to God over that. But so last week, if you were here, I forget if it was the morning or the evening. This is the importance of being under the anointing and the importance of words, right? I, I just felt led really quickly. I felt led uh, to say, to bring up how the Lord blessed people with $1,000 out of nowhere. And so the issue is, when you see that, you start to see that the power of God goes to work in our words. I think it was on Monday, Monday or Tuesday, they won $1,000 just off of an online thing, you know. That happens to us all the time. Amen. Anybody receive it? That's abundance. 
But the issue is, what I want you to see is, the Holy Spirit brought that up to me. That had happened several weeks ago, but the Holy Spirit brought it up to me. Why? Speak that thing out. Raise people's faith. And then all of a sudden, the next day, uh, they had a $1,000 blessing you know, fall in their lap from the Lord. Amen. Let's turn to John chapter 10. Anybody want to take a guess what verse? 10, 10. Yeah, you're right. You're right. John 10, 10. And so what I want you to see here is we're talking this morning. Last week we started a series called The Two Parts of Life. And if you weren't here last week, absolutely, positively, you need to make sure you hear that message. It is is life-changing. I cannot tell you how many people's lives have been changed by that message. I, I think we preached that about five or six years ago, and I'm still getting testimonies of that series. Still getting testimony on that series. It's a series where I had to come to the church and I had to repent. I had to say, I had to say, look, I was doing this wrong. I've seen, I've seen the light in this word, and uh, I was pastoring the wrong way. But I'm not going to do that anymore, and I apologize. I was even teaching it the wrong way by my actions, and I didn't realize it. It was an honest mistake, but I repent from that, and it became a focus. It's something that we need to know. It's something that we need. Need to get inside of us. The foundation for that I laid out last week. I'll give you a quick review of it because it's so important. But the two parts of life. Today, one of the things that we're going to talk about in the two parts of life is how to have an intentional harvest. Because in the two parts of life is a harvest that's abounding for you. It is, and we'll talk about the cause and effect for those who are technical, the cause and effect of grace and how to apply it. How many people would like, how many people know that the grace of God is a power source, right? It's a, it's a place of favor. How many people would like to be able to step into God's grace and let it have its work, utilize God's grace in our lives the right way. The cause and effect of grace and how to apply it. And so I'm not going to get super technical with you, but I'm going to show you in the word how this works, specifically with the two parts of life. I had a uh, I had a message that had been on my heart all week about the two parts of life. We may get to it next week. We'll see. Uh, talking about positioning to receive God's love. Positioning yourself to receive God's love. But when I got up this morning, to me, it really seemed like the Holy Spirit wanted to go this way. So I am expecting that when I'm ministering today, it was designed for you. If you are here, if you are watching, this is designed for you. That's why you're here. Amen. That's why you're here today is because he wanted you to hear this message. And so glory to God. So John 10, 10 in the Amplified, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill and destroy. Jesus said, I came that they may have and enjoy life. You know, not have and make it through life. Not have and, and be bitter through life. Not, right? Have and enjoy it. Enjoy it. Do I have any people enjoying life in here? Well, let, let, me, let me hear it like you're really enjoying it. Oh, okay. There you are. Hey, whoa. There's a crowd here. Glory to God. They may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance 
Amplified says it explains it to the full till it overflows. To the full. So we're not, come here Chris real quick. We're not supposed to have, uh, are, are you a good guy or a bad guy today? Hopefully a good guy. Okay, we'll, we'll let you be good. So to have and enjoy life means God's going to take life, pour it over into you. You're not just going to have enough, you know. You're not just going to have enough. When, uh, when we do the broadcast, if you don't know it, every weekday, Monday through Friday, we do a broadcast called Lunch Plus. The first 30 minutes is fun and entertaining. And then about noon, we go into the Word every day. And when I come in uh, ready to do the Word, they fill up my cup. The issue is when I'm, I'm sitting at a table doing the broadcast, and a lot of times I'll be preaching. I'll start doing this, and, and I've knocked my cup off multiple times. And uh, if it's full, it's going to spill, you know. And uh, not only that, but I don't want to have to think about it too much. I don't want to think on the cup, right? I want to just think on the word and getting that word out there. So I've, I've given them instruction. Just give me just enough. Fill it about two-thirds full. Don't fill it three-quarters full. Don't fill it seven-eighths full. Don't fill it full because for sure I'll grab that thing and, and liquid will go everywhere. Just give me just enough. This just enough is not what God's talking about when we're supposed to have life, right? He doesn't say you'll have just enough. He doesn't say you're almost there. He says to have life to the full and then, then he gives us this, till it overflows. Right? Till it overflows. So you are designed for the life of God to fill you up and you are always staying full. And uh, I'm giving you grace on your hair right here. All right, it's good. I'm not touching. <laughs> to give you grace till it's full, but it's always overflowing. Well, if you're always overflowing, how's your full level? Always full. That's the way Christians are supposed to be. This is why Jesus said he came. He said the thief comes to steal it. He comes to destroy it. He comes to take it away from us. But I came that you might have life to the full till it overflows. Same thing with joy. Thank you. Same to have and enjoy life. What Pastor Nicole was saying earlier is very, very true. It's not just supposed to, you know, have life and be like, oh, we got to go to church today. And the preacher told me how bad I was and how hot hell was. And, and, and those things might be true. You might have been bad. You, hell is hot, right? Really hot. You don't want to go there. It's a place of torture. Those things. But it's not where we, where we always are meditating on the negative things and the negative side of things. No, we're seeing the goodness of God. The goodness of God. And the goodness of God will keep us away from those very negative things. It's not that the negative things aren't there. It's not that hell's not hot. And there's some people that are going to bust it wide open and they need a Savior. They do need a Savior. We need a Savior. We need a Savior. Yet those things are true. But it's not how hot it is and how bad it is that should fear us into it. The Lord says this, it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It's his goodness that leads men to change. Many people have been motivated by fear in their life, even had preachers that preached fear. God says there is no fear in love. So the question is, were they preaching God? 
Okay, and then they'll get saved because they got fearful and then out of that fear they'll be looking for the good and they find the good and it causes them to change but then because they don't have understanding of it they think that preaching fear is what God wants. Well, that's how I came to know the Lord. No, you came to know the Lord because there was something to fear. You saw his goodness. You saw his goodness. So they attributed the wrong thing and then they go on preaching that for the rest of their lives. That's a man-made doctrine in that way. It's not, it's not right. Now the, you would say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yes, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But that word there means an extreme respect. I like to say it like this. I respect, I want to respect God so extremely that some people may interpret it as fearful of him, right? If I walk on that level of respect, I can boldly come before the throne with Jesus. I'm not coming in a pride and I'm not coming without respect. He's holy and he is a consuming fire and I don't want to bring my mess into a consuming fire and get burned up. I'm not playing games with an all, all consuming fire. I'm not playing games with a holy God. So I respect that. But that doesn't mean that I fear God. He's my father. He's our father. I respect him. But I, I've got to come near him to let him help me to burn off the bondages. I've got to come near him. And the more I walk with him and like him, the more I can step into his presence. Amen. Amen. So there's, this, there's a balance of these things that we have to understand. We have to understand the fullness of the, of the doctrine of the Bible, the fullness of the gospel. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come that they might have life to the full and over, overflow and to enjoy life to the full and overflow. We're not supposed to walk around looking like we sucked on sour lemons every day, all day. We're supposed to have some joy in us. If you heard the message at the Holy Spirit service last week, it's all about how joy takes us to the place of victory. How joy... Do we need joy? We need joy. We need joy. You know, and our laughter is not joy in itself, but it is a symptom of it. Our smile is a symptom of that joy. So if we were basing it off of the symptoms, you know, somebody's sick, their body will produce a fever a lot of times. It's a symptom of the sickness. It's not the sickness itself. It's a symptom of it. So if they're, if they're warm, you can, tell, you can tell in the natural, oh, they've got something, their body's fighting. Well, if you are, it, watch this, because we were talking about joy on the broadcast this week, really strong, really powerful. If I got a smile on my face, face and a laughter in my heart, it's a symptom that I am at ease even in the midst of a storm. It's a symptom, oh, glory to God. How can you be laughing right now? Because I know Jesus. And he's awesome. He's so good. Well, don't you know what's going on in the world? I do. I do. But I know him. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even my faith. And my faith in Christ who loves me puts a smile on my face in the midst of a tribulation and a trial. In the midst of it. Right in the middle of it. Puts a smile on, puts laughter in my heart. Puts laughter. 
It's a joy. See, when we get to the place of joy, we can get to the place of reception. And we need to receive. That's what this is about, the two parts of life. We need to receive, have, and enjoy life. And that means we need to get to the place where we receive. We receive the love of God. The two parts of life, say this with me, two parts of life. and To the full. Till it overflows. That I enjoy. Two parts. Part one. Receive love from God. Part two, give love to God. Now, according to the word, we see it very clearly. There's, there's two parts of this, and the first part has to come before the second part. But the issue is, many times we try to put the cart before the horse, and we try to give love to God or make a payment to God so that we can receive. No, we receive by faith. A supernatural grace of God. The supernatural love of God. We receive by faith. We receive it. We receive it. And then when we receive it, it empowers us to give it back. If we try to give it back before we have the power source, then we're going to fail. We're going to fail. So we've got to receive. Well, here's the thing. And this is what we're going to talk about maybe next week. If we're, if we're not in a position to receive, then what's going to happen? We're not going to have any flow of God's life through us. No flow. So if you think about this, uh, think about if you got out a pitcher, you know, like a tea pitcher. And you had, the, you had the pitcher and you had the lid. And then all of a sudden you stuck it under. You needed to get some water so you could make some tea. So you stuck it in the sink. And uh, you were getting ready to turn the water on and, and, and run the water up there. But before you, before you did it, you put the lid on. And you put the lid on the tea pitcher in the sink and turn the faucet on. Faucet's running. There's a supply. There's all that. But that pitcher's not ready to receive. It's just going to make a mess. It's going to go everywhere. And the pitcher's going to feel empty. So many times there are things holding us back. Many times there are things that are holding us back from receiving. I watch it all the time from right here. Almost every Sunday morning, there's at least one or two people. They're walking in. They're carrying all the way to the world. Something's not going right. And, and they're, they're in the sink. They're in the sink, but they got the lid on. God's pouring out his love, but they can't receive it. And sometimes, you know what, you know what it looks like a lot of time? Not joy. Not joy. I'll be preaching. They're sitting there like this. Let me turn to the camera. Is it uncomfortable for y'all yet? That's the way I feel. It's sitting there like, and, and the world's weighing. That, that's called the cares of the world choking the fruit. In other words, I'm giving energy and attention to the stuff in the world and those other plants that are around me are getting the nutrients that I should be absorbing to receive fruit. So I'm sitting there and I'm not receiving. So we're going to talk about the position of receiving next, next week or two. Uh, anybody, anybody might want to hear what we, we talk about there. Let me tell you, everybody might as well raise your hand because all of us need it. <laughs> all of us, we need to hear that. 
That's one of the major issues with the church is they don't know how to receive. And when God comes in with fullness of joy, a lot of times people think that's the devil. How dare they laugh when Pastor Nicole said that and Pastor shouted from the back. How dare. Like, you know, who? I said this last week. I'm not even in the message yet. This is really good stuff. Amen. It's like bonus material. This is how it goes to three-hour messages. This is how we get there, right? Like this. But here's, we're not going to have it today. If you amen and hallelujah me. Oh, okay. All right. Man, that's a glory to God. Now I feel like preaching. Now y'all want it ready to receive. I can preach for three hours. Now you want three hours. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Amen. All right. Glory to God. See how this works. <laughs> so. I forget what I was saying now. What was I saying over here? I was saying something over here. It was really important. And I got distracted. No. Before that. <laughs> Before that. Huh? After that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we need to have a lot of times people, what I was saying was a lot of times people will think that that stuff is out of order and they don't realize that's actually God getting them to the place to receive. So what will happen is they'll be so concerned about the logical things that are happening, they close off their spirit and they cap that. And we've got to get to the place where we can receive. If the two parts of life, to get to life and have it to the full, get to life and have it to the full, we have to be able to receive that love first. We have to be able to receive that grace. So one of the things I want you to see is, I want you to kind of review this and talk about the problem and talk about, because if I go into the rest of this and you don't really grasp what I talked about last week, you're not going to understand what I'm, what I'm actually saying. But I want you to see this. A lot of times people will take things and they have two different ditches. Two ditches, both cause wrecks. Both cause wrecks in their life, causes problems in their life. They need realignment. Two ditches. And, and if you've ever been driving a car and a tire is going slack or something's, something's wrong, your car will kind of pull to the left or pull to the right. And uh, you, most people have, because of their environment, they have a natural pull one way or the other. Most people, because they were raised or what they've learned or whatever, they have a pull. And it's important for us to understand which way our life defaults to. And, and for us to get right in the center of God's will and stay out of the ditches, right? Put up some things that will help be guardrails in our life. Set up some red flags. Have a mind that's set. When I cross this line, I've gone too far. Uh, you know, if I feel out of ease... If I feel out of rest, that Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, right? Come to me and I'll give you rest. If I feel out of joy, if I feel out of the fruit of the spirit, those are red flags. My mind that triggers things in my mind that I've set. And, and so my mind is set to spring. Oh, something's off. Let me, let me back up, 
figure out what's going on and correct course because something's off, right? So if we'll learn these things and set these things, these guardrails in our life, we won't get in either ditch. Here's two ditches concerning what we're talking about, receiving God's love and giving God's love. One ditch is I don't have to do anything. God will give me everything. I don't have to do anything. So they'll take a, a hyper grace message, a greasy grace message, and I can do any, anything I want to. I don't have to worry about what I do. God will give me everything. Well, that's not true. We could take some time. We'll look at a little bit of that today, but that's not true. You, what you do is very important, and actually you'll be known by your fruit. So if that's what you do, are you even born again? Do you have any recollection of what God's done for you? If you have been born again, you've taken it into a ditch. That's the wrong thing, right? He says, faith without works is dead. He said, I'll show you their faith by their works. And so many people, they'll just, they'll walk along and they don't think they have to do everything. This kind of goes along with the thought that, that God is sovereign. God is sovereign. But in his sovereignty, he set up a framework of our obedience and blessings and therefore what we harvest, right? God is sovereign, but in his sovereignty, he gave you and I a choice. He gave you and I a choice. But some people would say, well, whatever happens in the world is God's will. Well, no, that's not true. That's not true. There's lots of things that aren't God's will. You know, these uh, COVID is not God's will. Uh, you know, this devastation when you see major uh, tragedies, that's not God's will. And just in the scripture, you see this. God desires that all men come to the knowledge of him and go to heaven. He wants no one to perish in the fires of hell that wasn't designed for mankind in the first place. It was designed for the angels, right? He doesn't want anybody to go there. But yet we know from scripture as well, many people will go there. So what what God's will is does not necessarily happen. But if we think everything's God's will and we think God will give me everything I need, then we'll sit there and do nothing all of our life. And if we make it to heaven, we'll be very disappointed uh, in what we actually achieved in this life. It's not going to be a fun day when we find that out. Now, the other ditch is that I have to do it all. And uh, I have to do it all. And it, one statement, for example, this sounds really good. Please don't say it. Uh, and here's why. It, here's one of the things I heard years ago when I first heard it. sounded really, really good to me. I was like, oh, yeah, I like that. I even said it for a while. And then I was like, something's bothering my spirit on it. And I don't know what it is. And, and it's this. Pray as if it's all up to God and work as if it's all up to you. Y'all have heard it. All right. Pray as if it's all up to God and work as if it's all up, all up to you. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds good. But the thing is, it's not all up to you. Yeah. It's not all up to you. And so what will happen is people will take something like that, a statement, and they will have a default pull to one or the other. And some people will stay at home and they'll just pray all day, every day, and they'll never go out and win souls. They'll never do any work. The other people will have a pull to doing the work and they'll do all the work all the time. No, the way to do is pray as if it's all up to God and work as if it's all up to God. <laughs> it's all up to God all the time. It, the issue is that I work along with him. 
that I'm walking with him in that way. It's not just him alone. No, I give myself. I am honored and privileged, honored and privileged to have the opportunity to work with and be a part of the kingdom of the creator of the universe. What an honor. What an honor to, like, if all I ever did, and, and I'm serious about this. I, this is the heart that got me here. I'm serious about this. If all I had to do in the kingdom for the rest of my life is just clean toilets and bathrooms, and I got to honor God by cleaning toilets at the church for the rest of my life, like, I, and I'm legit, I'm not stretching to truth. I'm honored to be in his kingdom. I'm honored. I'm not going to hell and I get to do that. Now, the thing is that a lot of people, they're like, well, that's low. It's not low. If God's told you to do it, it's not low. It's huge. It's huge. It's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Everything we do in obedience to God is a big deal. It's a big, big deal. But we don't want to get in one of those ditches. And, and the thing is, how many people, if, if I ask people to raise your hands, how many people would agree that I don't have to do anything, it's all up to God? Nobody basically in this crowd would raise their hand. How many people, if I said, I have to do everything, I have to do everything I'm ever going to get in my life, I have to do it. Nobody in this crowd would probably raise their hand. Yet, we have to recognize every single one of us pretty much has a pull to one of those sides. And although we think we don't agree with it, there's areas of our life that probably need to be cleaned up and brought back to the center of God's will on this. So here's the problem. The problem we talked about last week, the list, the list. Do this, do this, do this. Years ago, I heard someone's thought that this is what they said in church. One of the main things, and this, this statement is not necessarily wrong, but you have to understand people's pull into a ditch. Here's the statement. In church, one of the main things that should be taught are the connections between sin and punishment and the connections between obedience and the blessing. I agree major point in the Bible needs to be taught. One of the main things. But here's the thing. That was the end of their statement and that was basically what the focus of their ministry was. Please understand, these are major doctrines in the Bible, but if the main thing we focus on are these things without the balance of drawing it to the center, what happens is people will start taking this as the law. They will focus, they will move because of the corruption in them without teaching on this. They will go and they will say everything comes down to obedience or the lack thereof. And if that's the case, where is faith and where is the grace? I'm going to show you the balance of that in a second from the word. But what they'll do, and I've watched people do this, and, and especially one of the things you'll see if, you're, if you've grown up like in word of faith, we can turn faith into a payment. That's one thing the Lord said to me years ago. He said, your faith is not a payment. He said, there's been one payment made 
that counts in Jesus Christ and you will never pay more than that. Your faith is not a payment. He said you have faith because you believe God and trust God. You see him for who he is and you say, I believe you. I believe you. It's not a payment. But see, if all we're looking at is sin and punishment and obedience and the blessing, then all we see is the logical cause and effect and we start trying to pay to get the blessings. It's not a walk of faith. It's not a walk of love. It's a payment. You're reading the Bible, not a payment. Your prayer time, not a payment. You do it because you love God, not because you're trying to pay something. However, what we do does change the effect. There's a, there's a balance there. All right, so now watch this. For example, here's what people do with the, with the payment. The issue is when, they, when we focus on those cause and effects without the balance of the teaching, then what happens is it turns into living by the law or living by legalism. Okay? And then, for example, people can say, I need healing, so I'm going to pay holiness, pay scripture reading, pay prayer time or faith, etc. So I need this, so I need this. No, we just say, Lord, you're my healer, and we receive him as healer. And then when we receive him as healer, that will change what we do. If you're my healer, then I just need to read about you. If that's who you are, then I just, need, I, I just need to walk holy because I love you. You see, so that's where the, the works comes in, not because we're trying to make a payment, but because we've been changed by the love and empowered by the love. So four major problems with this thinking is, here's the first thing. Jesus already paid the price. He already made a payment. Second thing, we receive by faith, not by payment. Third thing, we should do these things already because we love God. <laughs> Not because we're trying to make a payment on something. And here's the fourth thing, when we actually do and think this way, this kind of thinking produces the list. Do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that, all of that stuff. And I told you as a pastor... What I did for years, the first few years, the, the thing that I did was I would be waiting to give somebody the list. And they'd come up and say, oh, pastor, I have a problem. I realized and I learned early on, I learned very early on, if that person doesn't submit to me as their pastor, I try to force feed what they need to do, they're not going to listen. I learned that really, even before we started the church, I learned that. And so I would not force feed it. So what I would do is wait for somebody to say, hey, help me with this. What do I need to do? And then generally, because I was raised this way, and my environment definitely goes to the list, goes to the keeping of the law. That was my environment. That was how my brain worked. And so I'd be watching people thinking, well, if they would clean up this, their life would go better. If they would clean up this, this would go better. If, if he would do this, this would go better. And so I'd just wait, you know, until they said, hey, pastor, help me. What do I need to do? And I'd be like, well, bam, I was right here. I got you a list right here. One, two, three, change these things and you'll be good. Here's your list. Now, here's the issue. What am I telling them? Make payments and your life will change. Make payments. 
And so all of a sudden I start now. Now watch this. But there's a problem. I thought I was doing the loving thing. But here's the issue. I wasn't seeing very much change. I wasn't seeing I wasn't seeing fruit in their life. A few people that were very diligent and very hungry grew and but it was slower than I felt like in my spirit they should grow. Slower than that and they were they were sitting there and they're not growing very fast. But we're also not seeing the power of God released like I know it should be released. And so what I would do is I'd give him a list. I was frustrated. I'm asking, Lord, I'm seeking, Lord, Lord, what is this? He brought me to this message, the two parts of life. And all of a sudden, I, here's the other thing that I was doing. I'm basically telling them, follow the list. What am I telling them to do? Go into legalism. Go into the law. Do this. Don't do that. Right? And, but James 2.10, what does it say? For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, one point, he has become guilty of all. So I was literally, as a pastor, leading my people, not into faith, but into the law. And it wasn't working. It was hungry, but we were burning people out, wearing people out, and I was leading them right into the law. Here's your list. Do that. Yeah. Well, Pastor, why is this just not working? Well, if you do the list, it'd work. If you do the list, if you do this and not do this, it would work. You know? And I was being judgmental over that. And, and it was me who led them into the law, into legalism. And then the Lord brought me this. Here's the solution, the two parts of life. We receive the love of God. Part one, we receive the love of God by faith not as a payment. Part two, we give love to God by love. We give love. Now watch this. What I want you to see from the scripture really quick is love empowers right living. So there's a major key of this. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep. So if I want to keep the commandments and actually fulfill the things of the law by love, not by just legalism and keeping the list. If I want to fulfill that, how am I going to do it according to that? By love. I can't, I can't do it by the list. I've got to do it by the legalism. I've got to do it by love. But here's the thing. 1 John 4 teaches us this, that if I don't love, I don't know God. That means I can't love until I know him and I can't know him until I've received his love. So if I haven't received his love, I can't love. That's why when we have marriage counseling and we're, we're getting people ready to be married, the first thing that we'll lead them to is you can't love that future spouse. You can't love them without receiving love in the first place. Lots of people, they're out there, they think they're in love. They're in a worldly kind of love, but they're not in the kind of love that abides. They're not in the kind of love that will not fail. God says love never fails. It says love abides. But people are in an erotic kind of love. They're in a brotherly kind of love, uh, eros love and phileo love. But they're not in agape love, the one that, that doesn't fail. 
And so it's this agape love that will empower us to keep the commandments of God. But how can I have an agape love in me that's empowering me to do those things if I haven't received Jesus? So I've got to receive his love first. And and Jesus said, if you love me, then you'll keep my commandments. In other words, my love will empower you to fulfill those things, but it won't be a legalism. It'll be because you love me, because you love me. And when you love me, it'll empower you to walk those things out. Not because you're keeping a list, but because you love me. So love empowers right living. 1 John 4, 19, this is the key verse here. We love because he first loved us. There's a cause and effect. We love because he first loved us. If we didn't receive his love into us, we can't love. We can't love. Our love is empowered by his love. So if I'm going to go and do the things God told me to do, can I do it without first receiving? The two parts of life. Part one, receive his love. Part two, give that love back and sow it into him. The third thing is God's love empowers our repentance and change. Romans 2, 4, I mentioned already. Don't you know that the goodness of God, God's love made manifest in our lives, leads men to repentance. Don't we see this? See, it's not the list that leads men to repentance. It's not hardship and fear. It's God's goodness and his love. So if I can get people to to receive his love, I can cause them to be empowered with the very thing that they need to have a full and abounding life. To enjoy it. And then, the last part, which I think this is really, really important, is John 15, verse 10 and 11. And when I say last part, I mean the last part of our review. (laughs) Didn't want anybody getting false hopes. John 15, 10, and 11, watch this. So if we'll receive his love, let his love empower us, then use that, his love, to walk in his commandments, right? So love will empower us to keep his commandments. Then in John 15, 10, if you'll keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. God gives us a way to get into a cycle of his love that's never ending. So we can just get into his love, receive his love, get into his love and just keep that running. Like a, like a dynamo. Just, it just keeps it just keeps outputting love and power and grace and and God's goodness. So all we got to do is we got to line up with God's system. We got to line up. There's a video online right now uh, that you actually have is some kind of fountain that they've figured out how to use pressure and everything and you pour water in the top of it and when it does it shoots back and comes up this thing and then shoots back and it just runs like this just using gravity which is really impressive i've not tried it maybe it's a fake video but that's the way god's love works whether that's fake or not this isn't receive his love output his love and then stay in his love just stay in his love 
He says, if you'll, if you'll keep my commandments, which we do by walking in his love and giving him love, he said, you'll abide in my love. And he says, just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love, these things I've spoken to you that your joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Can you see how many times we're seeing this cycle of life and joy? Joy is a part of your full life. So get, get very acquainted with joy. Amen. Get very acquainted with joy. You know, Austin, Austin back there. Come here, Austin. This young man, he came in here. I think he might not have even known what to think of us when his family first came here. But Austin, man, this, I love this guy. And I want you to know, I, I might need an usher. <laughs> um, so he, uh, he didn't even know if the Holy Ghost was real and if the falling out in the spirit was real. And we had a meeting and all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, that's the anointing in that full life. All of a sudden, one day somebody prayed for him and he went out cold in the Holy Ghost. And he, he came and said, Pastor Brian, I didn't even know if that was real. He said, but it is. I was like, I know. And now the joy's just been overflowing in him. Whew, overflowing in him. He was getting heavy. And uh, <laughs> the joy's been overflowing in him now for months and months. And he, can't, he gets under the anointing and the joy just starts flowing in him. We need to be like that. We need to be like that. We need to be like that. Just rolling in the joy. Rolling in it all the time. <laughs> what a blessing. Isn't that a blessing? What if all of us just let the joy of the Lord overflow in us? So. Some would say, of course, in this solution, well, if it's all just about receiving his love, then what I do doesn't matter. No, there is cause and effect. Galatians 6, 7 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. The issue becomes, how do we sow then? How do we sow? How do we get to a harvest? Look, look at this. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8, that's different from the... I'm just throwing that one in there to mess up the computer people. <laughs> God, this is one of my favorite verses. Look at what's available to us. Look right here what's available to us. Just, just as we read this, receive it for yourself. Just say it right now. Say, Lord, I receive all the goody that's in this verse. Do you receive it? You might not even read it yet. Why well, you amen? It is good because some of you know it already. Look at, I receive, look at all the absolutes that are in this verse. Absolutes are not good uh, to come out of people's mouths when they don't know what they're talking about. But when it's God talking and he uses absolutes, oh man. Look, watch this. And God is able See, when you face that situation that doesn't look good, this ought to come out of your mouth, come out of your heart. You ought to have it so much in your heart, this comes out of your mouth. Yeah. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. God is able. Well, this doesn't look good. What are we going to do? How's this going to happen? I'll tell you, God is able. God is faithful. God is able. 
Keith Moore, I hear him. God will supply for me. God will provide for me. God will provide for me. God is able. Isn't it good that God is able? Isn't it good that God is faithful? Isn't it good that he's got a supply? Unending. A grace. An overflow of joy. With joy we draw from the wells of salvation in Isaiah 12, 3. With joy. Hey, how many people like to be saved in every area of their life? Not just saved going to heaven, but saved from any tragedy. Saved from any lack. Saved from any sickness. With joy we draw from the wells of salvation. There's wells of salvation. It's a never-ending supply of the fullness of the life of God. With joy. With joy we draw. See, if we could get in joy, we could stay there and draw from it all the time. Yeah. Glory to God. One thing that will get you in joy, put the verse back up. One thing that will get you in joy is this right here. God is able. Yeah. God is able. God's able to do what? God's able to make some grace. Some grace. Some grace. Some. A little. Just enough. Oh, yeah. Amen. Y'all getting me excited. I feel like preaching now. All grace. Not just some, not just enough, not just to the full. All of it. Think about how much is all of it? Oh, revel. Ding. Got it. Ding. All grace. All grace. Now think about this. See, see, watch this. Let me show you how we haven't known this. Let me show you how we haven't known this. Well, you know, if I can just get enough to make it by, I'll be okay. Make it by. That sounds like just enough. No, all grace. His all grace just enough? No, his all grace is overflowing. His all grace is to the full till it overflows cup runs over net ain't big enough boat ain't big enough net breaking ship sinking grace of God we gotta think bigger get a bigger boat get a stronger net all grace we gotta think higher stop thinking small stop thinking small oh I love this verse oh and God is able to make all grace. Now, what we're going to see here is all grace is available, but not all grace is manifested. And that happens in us. We turn it on or turn it off. We turn it on, turn it off. What, what are we talking about today? How to have an intentional harvest. I'm going to be intentional to turn on all grace using the two parts of life. I'm the cause and effects of grace and how to apply it. All of these scriptures right here in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 through verse 12, or the whole, whole passage right there, it's talking about how to apply grace, how to be intentional. And how we apply it is through the two parts of life. And see, Lord led me to the two parts of life, and then two parts of life opened these scriptures up when I was doing that extended fast. I saw it. I got a hold of it. Changed everything. Some of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. A lot of people think it's just talking about money. It ain't. It's just using money 
as, as a medium to teach you the principle. Money is the small part of it. I'll show you some of that. Look, and God is able to make all grace abound. There it goes. All grace, not just, all right, how much of grace? And now we're not just talking about getting it a little bit to you. No, he says making all grace. God is able to make all grace just, just barely get to you. Just, just, just maybe touch your life. Abound. Abound to you. So that sometimes. Sometimes. Devil said sometimes. Always. Family who says they love you said sometimes. Always. Friends said sometimes. Always. Now God says always. Yeah. Always. In other words, there is never a time that God is not able to make all grace abound. Hallelujah. Never. Never. Thanks be unto God who's always leading us in triumph in Christ and manifesting through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. 2 Corinthians 2, back up seven chapters, verse 14. Always, every place. You see how God talks? This is your loving father talking to you. You see what he wants to get to you? Just enough life. Just enough joy. Oh, no. No, always, all the time. Oh, and people talking about, you know, well, we don't have a prosperity gospel. Well, you better tell God. You better, you better tell God. Because God must be confused. All grace abounding, that sounds like prosperity. And it is prosperity. You better tell the Holy Spirit. Third John, chapter one, verse two. Beloved, above all things, I wish that you prosper. And be in health, even as your soul prospers. Better tell God. I didn't know that you had more wisdom than him. Back to that verse, please, before I get carried away. <laughs> it irritates me because you're coming against, you're coming against the character and nature of God. You're coming against a loving father. And people think they know what they're talking about. They don't. Look at this. Always in every place, 2 Corinthians 2.14, God is able to make all grace abound to you. Uh, abound to somebody else. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love joy. It, joy will, will split people. Because it, it really is joy... The manifestation of joy will take a religious spirit and put pressure on it like nobody's business. If you want to keep your church clean, any pastors, get some joy in it. Because the manifestation of joy ongoing, it'll keep the religious people out. They might stay for a few services, but it won't be long. They'll have a fit. It's the truth. I like it. Another thing they'll do it, talking about money. So we're all over that today. <laughs> Y'all must be clean. You must be clean. You're here. If you ever hear preaching and you start feeling pressure coming in on the inside of you, that's either one, incorrect teaching, 
But if you're in a place where the anointing flows, that's probably the Holy Spirit putting his finger right on the thing you need discipline in. You need, you need mind renewal in. That's a lot of times. So I'll check that. If I'm ever under people and I know they're carrying an anointing, I feel pressure like, uh, oh, I don't like that. I start working on me. I, shine, I let the Lord shine the light on me first. Me first. One day we were in here, as right after we got in this building, I started talking about tongues. Started talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And watch this. There was a lady sitting right back here. And uh, I saw her. I was barely into the message. She grabbed her stuff and ran to the door. Right? Ran and took off and left. Meanwhile, later that day, we had two miracles that day. Two miracles. The issue was the proof of what she needed to know was actually in the service. But see, it's instead of shining the light on somebody else, you got to shine it on yourself. It's our responsibility. All right, Lord, show me what you want me to see. Let me look at scripture. You know? I'll take scripture. Look, if I'm just saying it out of my own mouth, but I'm not giving you scripture on it, you shouldn't believe it. You should go to the word and study it for yourself. But if I'm giving you scripture and you go study and make sure that's what it's saying in context, then you take it for the Lord. Right. Be like the Bereans in Acts chapter 17, verse 11. They were more noble than them all because they took the, the scripture and they went to study to see if these things were so. Right. Study. See it. Look at it. But don't go into it with a bias like, well, I've been raised this way all my life. So so certainly it's the way that I've been raised. No, somebody that raised you might have had had that wrong with them and they never checked themselves. Many pastors are like that. Many pastors are like that. They never check themselves. I just told you in this message when I preached it years ago, and this is a totally different series, same concept, but I can tell it's coming out differently than it did. But when I preached that, I repented to the church. Why? Because what I had learned, you know, some what I've been taught, but some what I had adopted was wrong thinking. And, and to give you a point of it, I told the testimonies last week. I, I said, when I first learned that, I said, I, I've got to test this out. I've got to, I can see it in Scripture. It seems so clearly to me. Somebody came to me with a problem. I wanted to give them the list. I gave them the two parts of life instead. Immediately, the supernatural power of God flowed in their life. And I went, oh. The next thing out of their mouth was, how do I change? So the goodness of God led them to repentance. I was like, how hard have I made pastoring? Like, oh my goodness, that was the easiest thing ever in a few minutes. And I used to spend months trying to counsel it out of them. And I was like, oh my goodness, this was awesome. And it worked. But what I'm saying is I had to shine the light at my own self, even though I'd been operating down a different path with this. And I'd say, look, let me change. And I came in front of the church and said, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I thought this was right. It's what I felt like I'd been taught. And I repented over it. I actually gained a lot of respect from the people that day because they were like, oh, my goodness, a pastor that actually will tell the truth and judge themselves, you know. All right. So one of the things that you see is that God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Let's go back. Let's go back here to verse eight. God is able to make all grace abound to you and get that in you. He's able to make it abound to me. So that always, sometimes, always. no, sometimes, always. see, we've got to see it. No, I'm in a situation, God's grace can abound right here and will in the name of Jesus. It's who he is. It'll abound here. I don't feel like it. It will abound here. I don't see it. It doesn't matter. I'll, it will abound here. 
By faith, I receive all grace. It will abound here. It will abound here. It will abound here. Amen. It will abound here. Always having all, and so that always having all sufficiency. I'll not be insufficient in anything. We will have sufficiency in everything. Look at all these absolutes. In one verse. So that you may have an abundance for every good deed. An abundance for every good deed. Look at the grace that God wants to release in our lives. Always. Abundance. Abounding. All the time. To you, not to somebody else, not to just your neighbor, not to the people that went to church for 10 years, you know, not, not uh, pastor's pet people. No, not to the elders, not to deacons, to you, to all of us, to all, every, every believer. And even people that aren't believers, if they'll get born again, they can step into it too. It's whoever will receive his love. Can walk in it. Will you receive it? See, the issue is part of our positioning problem is we don't feel like we're worthy of receiving it. Oh, so we're back to making a payment. Oh, I've got to pay for it. No, you receive it. You receive it. Which one of you was, was without sin when you accepted Christ? In the eyes of the Lord, you were perfect and holy and just. Which one of us was there? Is there any of us that was perfect when we received Jesus as our Savior? Oh, oh. So you had to receive first. You had to receive. See, it's, it's the process the whole time. See, it's not our love that's greater than God's. It's God's love that's greater than ours. If we try to give first without receiving, we're going to mess up. We've got to receive. Now, when you see this, look at the last part of that verse. I want you to see this. Why does God want you to have a prosperous life? And why does he want you to have an abundance? To do every good deed or to do every good work. Every good work. So when we say, well, I have enough to pay my bills and to get by and everything. We're missing the greater point in this verse. God wants you in abundance so that you can do every good work. Every good work. He wants you in abundance. We, we've been taught to just pay for our four and no more. We've been taught to, well, I got my bills paid and, you know, I'm getting by and it's not great, but I'm getting by. That's not what this verse is talking about. He's talking about every person moving to a place where abundance is in their life, not just in money, in joy. In life, every area of life, if life touches it, he wants you to operate in the abundance of heaven in it so that when there's a need out of the abundance, you have the ability to let God's grace flow through you into every good work. And so we don't need to stop our faith at just getting high. We don't need to stop our faith at just enough. We don't need to stop our faith at full. We don't need to stop our faith at just a little overflow. No, it's an abundant overflow. It's an abounding. It's a cup overflowing with a never-ending supply. Never-ending. Look at verse 10. 
So going back to the question, we're talking about two parts of life. Well, if God gave us everything, if it's all about receiving his love, then what I do doesn't matter. That's not true. Because watch this. In verse 10, one of my favorite little nuggets here. Look at the last part of the verse. It says, he will multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So everybody, don't you know, if you back up a few chapters to chapter 5, everybody that receives Christ is made a completely new creation in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, And you were made the righteousness of God in Christ. So every Christian, every believer was made righteous. But from this verse, we can see clearly, not every believer has the same harvest. There's different harvest. All of us in here might be righteous, but there's different harvest. And what determines the harvest? Are we intentional with the reception? Are we intentional with the reception? See, the grace is the subject of all these verses, but grace is a manifestation of God's love. And if we will be intentional to receive the grace and receive the love, then we can be intentional in planting seed for an intentional harvest. The cause and effect of grace and how to apply it. Look at this. Let's look at the context of these verses and we'll wrap up. Verse 5. Now I want you to see this. This is just a little extra verse I threw in there because it gives us a good, good bit of information. Verse 5. He says, he's talking to them about taking up an offering because there's somebody coming to their church and to that area. And he says, I want you to prepare an offering. He says, so I thought it necessary to urge the brethren that they would go on ahead uh, to you and arrange beforehand your previously promised bountiful gift. So what had happened in this situation is this church in Corinth had promised that they would give a gift. And so before Paul got there, before he sent some people ahead of him to go ahead and arrange what they had promised. Arrange that. You know, if you make, anybody ever made a commitment to do something or give something and then it came time to give it and it was like, I don't want to give it right now. Anybody besides me ever had that? I'm like, I, I felt really good about it back then, but I, I, I don't know now, you know. I, I don't know right now. And, and so what happens is we can get in the anointing and receive a command from God and then get in our flesh. And when it comes, and then all of a sudden we're in our flesh and we don't give it. That, that's not good. That's not good at all. One time I had a situation where I was at a meeting. It was 12 hours of a drive away from here. And I had driven. And uh, I'd, I'd gone down there. And the Lord, under the anointing, had me sign up for something. It was under the anointing. I know he told me to do it. I signed up, put my name down. It wasn't to, it wasn't to perform or give of myself directly. It was so that I could get some information, right? I signed up to get some information under the anointing. 
Well, a few months later, I got a phone call because I'd signed up on that. And they said, we're having special meetings and we're going to have a meeting here 12 hours away uh, because you signed up for that paper. Well, I was really busy that week. I didn't have an extra 12 hours to drive down and 12 hours to drive back. And, and, I was, and I had a lot going on. I mean, a lot going on. Matter of fact, when I left here, I finished at nine o'clock at night and got on the road, drove through the night and, uh, and got there uh, for a meeting nine the next morning, right? And got there, walked in, the meeting's already going on. And that was how busy and everything that was going on. But here's what happened. The Lord said this. He said, are you going to honor the anointing that caused you to sign that up? Yes. Sign up on it. And I went, well, this conversation's over. Because <laughs> when the Lord says, are you going to honor something? Just honor whatever it is he's asking. Well, it was one of the greatest things I ever did. I went down there, I got the information, but it wasn't just that. While I was there, there was a special anointing in that meeting that I received that caused us to inherit this building. It caused us to inherit this building. How important was it that I honored and listened that day? And so these guys had promised to give something. They had, you know, and then look at what he says. He says, he says, I sent some people ahead to arrange beforehand your previously promised bountiful gift so that the same gift would be ready as a bountiful gift, as a gift of love and not affected by covetousness. Not affected by covetousness. And what he shows us here, this is some wisdom of the Holy Ghost stuff right here. Because he says, hey, when somebody's coming prepare it and we should honor this in our church like next week and you know a week week and a few days when uh, pastor terry's coming we should look ahead of that and go lord i don't want to get in the moment and go oh i can't let that go let me plan ahead of time get giving in my heart ahead of time and he's the next few verses are going to lay out how to be intentional with the grace of god the next few verses are going to lay that out so that we are not affected by the limits of the world, but we actually get into the unlimited grace of God through the two parts of life and we're not affected by covetousness. And here's what he says. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he's purposed in his heart, as he's been intentional in his heart. In other words, he must do that as he purposed. And, and here's what it's getting at. Because if you will purpose in your heart or be intentional to your heart, I will give you the things to make that come to pass. And when I give you those things, you must do it. So the, the key is, yes, number one, what we purpose in our heart, we absolutely should do. But here's a, here's a promise in the midst of that, is that if you'll purpose in your heart, I'll give you the grace to get it. I'll give you the grace to get it. He said each one must do just as he's purposed in his heart. How can he must do something when he doesn't have the means? He's got to be given the means to do it and that's what we get to he will give seed to the sower as he purposed in his heart not grudgingly or under compulsion or force for God loves a cheerful giver 
God loves a cheerful giver. Now, here he's utilizing money to teach us a principle in the kingdom. But you could apply money here. You could apply grace here. You could apply time and resources or skills. If, if I will purpose in my heart to grow in a skill, Lord, as you give me seed of that skill, I will give it to you. Yeah. Right? Lord, if I purpose in my heart to fast, you will supernaturally give me grace to fast. And I'll be able to do a fast I didn't think I could do before. If I, Lord, I purpose in my heart to give you prayer time, God will give us the seed of time to make that prayer time happen. He'll give us the seed to make, there's grace here, the supernatural power of God. He says this, each one must do as he's purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under force. That's why you don't want to give when somebody's compelling you to give an offering. You want to give out of the loving intention of your heart. For God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. This is where the grace comes in. When we purpose in our heart to be a giver of love back to God, God will get supernatural grace and power to you to release. Can you see the two parts of life working here? I purpose in my heart and I receive his love, and now that I've received his love, I have that grace and love to give. Okay? He says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything you may have an abundance for every good deed. Every good deed. Verse 9. As it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. What this verse means, it's quoting Old Testament, it says, there's a promise there, that when we let go of the stuff, or watch this, when we let a flow of God's grace come in us and through us, and we scatter his grace, his, the seed of what he's given us, and we give it away, we won't just have life that's enough. We won't have life that's just full. We'll have life that overflows. Yeah. Overflows. And it says his righteousness endures forever. So the person that will get on track with this, God says they're walking in righteousness. And it's going to be marked in their life forever. Yeah. Then he says, verse 10, now he who supplies seed to the sower. And bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for liberality, for all liberality. Hear that. You'll be enriched in everything. Everything. Liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. Have you ever just woken up in the middle of your day and been like, Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. woo Glory. You, you ever done that? Anybody ever just walked in that all the time, just like constant? Like, if you're like me, I've not walked constant in that. But what he's showing us is that everything, all the time, we can be in constant thanksgiving because there's so much of a harvest going on, there's nothing to do but to praise God all the time. 
all the time. And he's showing us how to tap into that. It's producing thanksgiving to God. Verse 12, and I want you to see what we should be believing for. Look what we should be believing for as a church. As this church is a giving church. You give, we give, the church gives. I want you to see, for the, the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but it is also overflowing with many thanksgivings to God. This church of Corinth was operating and he was teaching them how to believe God for an overflow that would not just produce thanksgivings within the church at Corinth, but it would produce thanksgivings in all the ministries that they touch. Glory to God. Look at what's going on. Glory to God. And they're all being blessed in that way. Now, again, I'll say it. This doesn't just talk about sowing money. It talks about sowing your fasting, sowing your food, sowing your skills, sowing your time, your resources, etc. Now, the last thing I want to do is I want to point together on this two parts of life. I want you to see this. Two parts of life. Receive the love of God. Two, give that love to God. Take that love that you've been empowered. But you have to receive it first. How do, using this passage, how do we receive it? Well, it shows us if I will purpose in my heart to be a cheerful and bountiful giver, not limited in my thinking, but I'll let it abound. I'll, I'll purpose in my heart to give on a God kind of level. And I'll be intentional here. God will get the seed that I purpose. Hear that. God will get the seed that I purpose in my heart, in my hand. This is over and above your budget. Now, we're just using money, but you can use fasting. I'm going to give you a story before we leave about that. If we'll purpose in our heart to give over and above the limits of humanity, and we'll purpose in our heart, then God will put that seed in your hand. He'll get it to you. He'll get it to you. And then when we take that, we must give what he's given, it says, and we sow that. Now we have a supernatural seed in the ground that will produce a supernatural harvest. It will produce a supernatural harvest. It will produce. What are we doing? How are we receiving God's love? We're receiving the seed, and the seed is the grace that abounds. It's all grace abounding. That's the seed. It's not seed that's limited by our thinking. It's seed abounding on the thinking of God. Thinking abounding. How do we get that seed in our hand? We purpose in our heart to become a sower. Lord, I, I purpose in my heart. So a little while back, Nicole and I decided we wanted to sow a seed into the kingdom of God. We, we wanted to sow a seed. We wanted to sow the biggest seed. This is talking about finances, the biggest seed we had ever sown before. We didn't know how we were going to do it. But we sat and we purposed in our heart to give a seed to the Lord. It was large, largest check we've ever written, uh, five, over five figures, right? That was our biggest seed we'd ever given. And, and I said, to us, you got to understand, we jumped and shouted when, when we wrote a check for $500, because many times our, our offerings were under a dollar, you know, we, 
We were not at a great place when we got married financially. But God changes things. And his word works. And so we got to the place and we said we want to give a seed personally, not from the church, personally, that's over five figures. And we purposed in our heart to do it. We didn't know how that was going to happen. Within a few months, God had gotten the seed in our hand. And we, I mean, we were crying. We were coming up to the altar like, oh God, you're so good. It caused Thanksgiving to explode out of our hearts. Explode out of our hearts. Explode out of our hearts. Why? Because he had, he had held true to his word. God is able. Say it with me. God is able. God is faithful. We purposed in our heart. He put it in our hands. We sowed that. And now we're reaping the harvest of that supernatural seed now. We're seeing, you, you see good th things happen. You, you are privy to know some of why that's happening. We just decided a few years ago, I can feel it coming on again a few years ago. We were just like crazy giving. St like to the world, stupid giving. Stupid giving. Crazy giving. And I can feel it coming on again. And I'm excited about it. Like how can you be excited about giving money away? Because it comes back. Pressed down, shaking together, running over. Yeah. I got a God who's a much better investment than anything I can find on the earth. His kingdom is that investment. And I'm just talking financially. But what we did was we purposed in our heart, Lord, we want to be receivers of your love, the seed of grace in financially. He got it in our hands. This was over and above our budget. Who will he do, it, do that for in here? Every single one of us. Every single one of us. So then, I want you to hear this last story that I tell because it's not just money. People, he, God uses money to teach us. God uses money to teach us. But he, that's the low level. He says, if you don't understand how to deal with this low level thing, how can I get you the true riches of the kingdom? Money's like Christianity 101. So then, the Lord, we purposed in our heart to receive the seed. God got supernatural grace in our lives. That supernatural grace, we then gave it back to God and planted it in the kingdom. We must do that, the word says. We don't take a seed that God gave you and then spend it on yourself. That's, that is not good. That's not good. And so we, we sowed it. We gave it back to God. And now it's producing a supernatural harvest. A supernatural harvest. We've not seen the full harvest off of that yet. Because it was a big seed. It's a big harvest. But we're going to. Always in every place. Always in every place. The Lord just said that to me. Going back to that verse for you and me personally. Always in every place. He'll work it for you the same way. I want you to see this. By learning this principle some years ago when I was doing that extended fast. I'll tell you. I don't always tell everybody. But if I say extended fast. I mean multiple weeks of fasting, you know, and, and if I say fast, I mean not having any solid food. This particular time, the Lord led me to fast for 40 days, 40 nights. I didn't know anybody that had done it. And, uh, but 40 days, no solid food. Had a very busy schedule. I was coaching soccer, running with the kids every day of that. Uh, and then I was on the, on the road, had multiple trips, multiple birthdays. I wanted birthday cake. But I was fasting. Rachel's birthday, it happened right about this period of time. Uh, Rachel's birthday, my birthday. 
But I was fasting. I was more hungry for God than I was the birthday cake. Lord, I got to have you. Got to have you. Well, I hit about three or four weeks into that because 40 days is a couple of days shy of six weeks. You have plenty of time to figure that out when you're fasting. <laughs> and, and your body reminds you about it a lot, if you, in case you didn't know that. Um, I was a few weeks in, and I hit a day, and I mean, it was rough. Like, physically, I was so tired, and I was so exhausted. But I had learned this. And, and this, this really helped me see it on a way that I'd never seen before. I said, Lord, I'm purposing in my heart to give you this food because I'm hungry for your things. I'm doing this because I love you. I'm not trying to make a payment. I'm doing this because I'm hungry for you and I love you. And I may have righteousness, but I want a bigger harvest. And so I am desiring to give you more. Lord, give me of your grace that I can fast this extended fast. Let your supernatural grace hit me. Give me the seed of your grace, your supernatural strength and power to fast like this. I was having a rough day and I was driving home from somewhere. I'd had a meeting and they were eating all their lunch and I was sitting there. And uh, it probably got in my head. I would say it definitely got in my head. I'm like, everybody here is a pastor and they're all eating and I'm sitting here paying a price is what I felt like, you know, and I was feeling bad about myself and got my head, got me down. And before I know it, I, by the time that was in Charlotte, by the time I got home, an hour home, I was sitting there like, oh God, how, like I just need to eat. I just need to, I was just meditating. I couldn't get food out of my head. I couldn't get, and man, I started to feel it in my body. I, I felt so famished. I felt like, geez. I was just so down. I called the leadership team. I said, y'all need to pray for me. I need, I need supernatural strength. Supernatural strength. They prayed. I did feel a little bit better right then. I went to bed that night. I got up the next day, and it was like I was a totally new man. I mean, I got up. I did so much work, and that was the one thing I didn't want to do. I didn't want to do any work. I was, I was, I did so much work. I mean, I was, I was like, I did like three days work that morning. It was amazing. It was supernatural. And I said, Lord, and it was so much. So I started praising God. I said, God, I said, this is amazing. Like, wow. Like, I, I've needed this. Yeah. And the Lord spoke to me right then. He said, Do you realize you've had this at your disposal the whole time? And I went, say what? I've had what at my disposal? You've had this supernatural grace at your disposal the whole time. Yeah. I said, explain that to me. <laughs> Tell me what you're talking about. He said, you've had supernatural grace at your disposal the whole time. And I knew right then, he's not just talking to me. He's talking to every believer. He said, the issue is, you haven't drawn on it by faith. In other words, I haven't received it. I was walking, trying to carry the load myself, pay the price myself, but changed my fasting life forever. Why? Because I'm not doing it by my own strength anymore. I'm letting the grace of God empower me. 
And he took me to these scriptures and he showed me these scriptures. He said, you purposed in your heart to give. He said, there was a grace, a seed of grace for you to fast, but you didn't receive that seed by faith because you didn't know you could. You didn't know it was there. He said, this grace is there available for you every single day. When you go to work and that coworker is giving you a hard time and you think, I can't do one more day of this, I'm going to knock her out. I'm going to knock him out. I can't do this one more day. There's a grace for you. I, I, I just don't feel like I can make it one more day like this. There's a grace for you every single day. Purpose in your heart to give it to, give it to me and I will give you the seed of my grace that will give you a supernatural power to make it through. To make it through. And so that day, there was a supernatural grace. Man, I started applying it every day. I woke up the rest of the day on that fast. Lord, I, I, right now, I purpose in my heart to give you this fast in today. And by faith, I receive the grace. Like, now, did I feel like it? No, I didn't feel like it. I didn't, I didn't feel like even praying. Like, I'm too tired to pray right now. That's what I felt like in my body. But I, I put it on, on purpose. By faith, I receive your grace. I don't, it doesn't matter what I feel like. I put it on and, and Lord, by faith, I receive. I'm receiving this supernatural seed of your grace and supernatural physical strength that I can fast this way. And it was, it was easy. There was days that were higher and lower. But from that point forward, it was so much easier because I was pulling on the supernatural grace. I was receiving his love in the two parts of life and that empowered me now to give his love back to him. Again, I'll say this. We can give, we can purpose in our heart to give finances, food, resources, skills, time, all the things that God tells us to walk in holiness. All we have to do is by love say, Lord, I purpose in my heart to give. You know, not just in our head, not just making something up, but get it down deep on the inside of you. Lord, I give you me. I'll hear people say a lot, well, I just can't forgive them. Yes, you can. You've been granted everything pertaining to life and godliness. If you'll purpose in your heart to forgive them, God will give you the grace to do it. Well, I just can't walk in that anointing. Yes, you can. You can have an anointing flowing through you. you. I can't walk in holiness. I just can't stop lying. I just can't stop stealing. I just can't stop uh, thinking on the wrong things. I just can't stop this. I can't stop that. Yes, you can. Purpose in your heart to do it, and God will give you the grace to do it. You'll become a supernatural person overnight. By simply changing and being intentional in your heart. And when you do that, Lord, by faith, I receive that seed right now in Jesus' name. And we start, all of a sudden, he'll give you the seed. He gives seed to the sower. When you have purposed in your heart to be a sower of godliness, a sower of God's things, God will give you a supernatural grace. And then all of a sudden, once you receive that love, part one, now, I'm empowered to give that love, part two. And all of a sudden, when I give that love, it'll keep me in his love. And I'll keep following those commandments. And it'll make me to abide in his love. And it'll just get stronger and stronger and stronger. And the things you're believing for will go higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. We're in how we can have an intentional harvest. But we got to think bigger.
we got to think bigger. If God's calling you to think bigger, if he's calling you to walk in that grace, now is the time to receive that. What is it? Just close your eyes right now. What is it that God is calling you to walk in? What is it that the Lord's calling you to be intentional in your giving in? What is it that God's calling you to receive? What is it right now that he's saying, hey, I'll give you the strength to do this. You don't have to do this yourself. You don't have to walk by yourself. I will give you what you need. What are those things? What is it that God's saying? Is it holiness? Is it getting in your word and becoming more like him? Is it carrying an anointing, carrying a healing even in your hands? That those that believe may lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? Is it to be a giver? Some people are graced to give. Like that's, that's just part of their, their gifting is to be a giver financially. Is, what is it? Lord, I want to be a better giver. Purpose in your heart. God will give you that grace. I want to walk in faith. Purpose it in your heart to be a faithful person. God will give you that grace. Two parts of life. Lord, I receive your love. In that area. Right now, right where you're sitting, I just want you to, I want you to think, Lord, what is it? Ask the Lord. Just say it, say it with me. Mean it with your heart. Lord. Lord. Say it with me. Lord. Lord. What, is it what is it that you want me to purpose in my heart to give? Show me those areas. Let the Lord talk to you. Let him show it to you. What is it? God's raising you up right now. He's taking you to different levels of operation. And don't think small. You take one step at a time, but don't put a cap on it. He's telling you to be a giver. Where do you think he's going to stop it? Just at it. At a thousand dollars, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, million, billion. God's not limited. Why is our pull on His grace limited? Because we've been taught by the world what's a lot. To God, it's not a lot. To God, it's easy. He's only limited by what you think He can do through you. Lord, I want to be a sower. I want to purpose in my heart to be intentional and purposed. I want to receive your love so that your love can manifest through me. God's getting ready. I'm telling you right now, hear this. Keep your eyes closed. Just hear this for yourself. God's getting ready to blow his love through you in such a way that's going to make heads spin. It's going to make heads turn. People are going to be talking about you in a good way. Now, it, a lot of times people of the world, they don't like it when people are blessed or when big things happen through people, but they're going to be talking about you. Be prepared for that. It'll be okay. They're already talking about you in the negative. At least they can do is talk about you about something positive. Because you're going to have the power of God flowing through you. You're going to be hitting new levels. You're going to have favor on your business. Why? Because you're purposing your heart to walk in an abundance for every good work. You're purposing yourself. As you make this really real inside of you and inside of your heart, you're opening up the door for a harvest 
of God-sized proportions. Just receive right there. Just lift your hands right where you're sitting. sitting. Lord, right now, just start to pour out. Pour out, Lord. Lord, open up hearts and minds. Let us see what you have planned. Some people getting bored with the message today. Some people it's changing their lives forever. What have you purposed? When you come in, even into a service, how do you purpose your heart? You purpose your heart to receive just a, a message that makes you laugh or you purpose your heart for your life to change every Sunday. How do we purpose ourselves is determining the seed of God's grace. Lord, right now, open up minds and hearts. Change destinies forever right now, Lord. Let people be fulfilled in your calling to them. Let them not be held back. Lord, let them walk in everything that you have. Just receive right there where you're sitting. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, remove all the hindrances. Remove all the hindrances. Father, these are your people. Let them walk like your children. Let them walk like you'd have them walk on a God level. To do great and mighty things. To not be held back. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, cause new thoughts to come. Cause new thoughts to come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Cause new thoughts to come, Lord. Lord, help us see the things to let go of that are causing blockages in the flow of your grace. Thank you, Lord. I'm not calling for everybody to come up today. But if you feel like you need to come up, there's something special, something specific. You want hands laid on you. You want to break free. You want to go up. And you know this is your day. You have a faith to receive. If that's you, I invite you to come up right now. Come up front. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you might be saying, this was my message. I needed this. Oh, it's broken me loose. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I need you. I want you. I got to have you. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Father, we thank you for your ministry. Thank you, Lord. You're going up. You're going to a new level. Thank you, Lord. You're going up and you're going to a new level in Jesus' name. You're going to another level. Purpose in your heart, Lord, I give you me. And watch the seed of his grace that he'll pour out in you. Oh, glory to God. New levels. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father. Lord, let every person be touched with your goodness and your mercy today. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So operara ambo also. Thank you, Lord. Good keren kona ana onde. Go frete kerboso pole kanamoso. Golden de koromoso. Fisto brande kanamos. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Yeah. Lord, right now, healing be in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Shuko prede kerboso. Thank you, Lord. Sebro o promo atarakoshive, haro korobosobo, soboroboso. Well, I don't know what happened, but we believe right now for restoration in Jesus' name. Bokene korobo, grace of God come right now. Sebikolono, bani katadan no ofrekede. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yeah, today. In the name of Jesus. Just say it with me. Say, Lord, I receive. And part one, <laughs> I receive. Go up and they got a chair right there for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Lord, I receive. I receive. Say it with me. I receive. I have it now. Glory to God. Yeah, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Grace. Grace. Go de bene elba. Grace. Balinko teni elfro. Haramosin. To do every good work. Grace. To do every good work. Grace. To do every good work. Grace does every holy thing, not evil things, and get away with it. Grace does every holy thing to do every good work. Grace. In Jesus' name. Hadi kufra kanamos ba hongkoro o tenenidi kerabosomo de kamosobo. Just say this with me. Say, I receive today in the name of Jesus. Father, right now, in your anointing, I come against every attack that's tried to sidetrack her, every grip that's tried to hold on, be loosed in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against her shall prosper. Everything will be free by your anointing in the name of Jesus. Grace be. Grace. <laughs> Grace. Just receive in his name everything that you need and to walk in. In his name, in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Overflow and abundance. A grace. Lord, by faith we receive your grace. Hear that. By faith we receive your grace. By faith we receive your grace. We purpose in our heart to flow in abundance, given to you in every way, and we receive your seed and your grace. 
Not just seed, but also bread to eat, seed to sow. Both buckets. One is sowing, one is receiving. One is sowing, one is eating. Thank you, Lord. The overflow. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Leluho, Redeko, Roma, Sovekosta, Momi, Kalo, Haroko, Yetene. Grace. Yeah, grace. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Whoo, hold on. Whoo, whoo, whoo. Put your hand on your heart. Lord, healed in Jesus' name. Say, Beluna, Over. Healed, restored, and set free in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory. Hey, grace. Grace, grace, grace. Grace and overflow in Jesus' name. Lord, say we receive it. <laughs> Your grace today in the name of Jesus. Let it be an overflow. <laughs> glory, glory and overflow. Overflow in favor be. Overflow in favor be. Banyose, Fosiv Kando, Frokirioto, Yani Hede Kofi, Konimostabosobul Nialu, Oprakarabosobul. Now I want you to go, <laughs> I want you to go and I want you to hear those, that series. Buddy can get you the link. The series on getting out of your head and getting into knowledge. God wants you to go to some knowledge that you can't get by thinking about it. All right? An overflow of his grace. A grace. A grace. A grace. Glory. A grace. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. A grace. A grace. Hallelujah. Here come this way. Thank you. A grace. Do you receive it? Yes, sir. In the name of Jesus, receive it. Thank you, Lord, for a supernatural grace. Just receive it now. It's there to help you, empower you, strengthen you. And when you feel like you don't have it, you have it. Receive it by faith. In Jesus' name, receive it by faith. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, grace, grace, grace. Grace be in Jesus' name right now. Grace be, grace be, grace be, grace in Jesus' name. Whew. Yeah, grace, supernatural grace. In the name of Jesus, thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord. Supernatural grace taking you to a new level. Thank you, Father. Supernatural grace taking you to a new level. It's personal. Personal. 
is grace is going to get involved in every intricacy of your life and you're going to go to levels you didn't think you could go to. It's going to get involved in every intricacy. Give him access to it and watch what it will do. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Two parts of life. Receive his love and then give that love back to him. Thank you, Lord, for taking people to new levels in your grace. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that we do receive you. We don't try. We just receive. Thank you, Father, for it. Thank you, Lord, for this day where we are able to receive you. Lord, we leave here. But we don't forget and we don't allow the seed to be removed. We hold on to it. We thank you, Father. We worship you in all that we do. We serve you because we love you. We live for you because we love you. We assemble because we love you. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for being ours and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can keep playing a little bit because they're still up here. I'll talk fast. So while people are still receiving, we want to make sure that we are respectful and honoring of what's happening up here. So when announcements are done, feel free to make your way out and not basically give them time, give them space. Don't be coming up here until they are done and ready. As far as announcements, youth is tonight at 4 p.m. Amazing Acts Week starts tomorrow, and it starts tomorrow at 6.30, Monday through Friday. And for the first time in our, in our special events that we have, we're also going to be doing pre-service prayer. So that's open to whomever would like to come and be a part. We're going to have that each night at 6 p.m., the pre-service prayer, and it'll go right into the Amazing Acts service that we have. So that's going to be tomorrow on through Friday. And then next Sunday, to close out Amazing Acts Week, is our baptism service. So if you're interested in being baptized, whether you've been baptized before, if the Lord's speaking to you about it, out on the kiosk out front, there's a sign-up sheet. Make sure that you put your name, and if you need, like if, if you don't think we have your contact information, put your contact information on there, so that way this week we can get in touch with you and let you know the important information you need, what to wear, when to be here, things of that nature. So make sure that you do do that and then next Thursday so not this Thursday next Thursday we're gonna have our breakthrough service with Pastor Terry and that's gonna be phenomenal 630 as well and if you would like more preaching and teaching like this every single weekday we go live at 1130 a.m. you can get more info at what's right.com amen I've already taken my mic off but we just had a testimony that I wanted to tell you about. See, this is what I was talking about, about easy in the kingdom. So you just got healed. Tell them about it. <laughs> yeah, so I woke up a couple of days ago with this horrible pain, like in my neck. 
and it went up into my ear and down my arm and I couldn't move um, my shoulder without it hurting and as y'all can see I can completely <laughs> I can completely <laughs> thank you but and you also had a testimony and yeah. I, I, even the testimony I gave earlier they just had another one that happened even during service right yeah. amen yeah. glory to God amen God's so good but see, that's what I mean. When you just step into receiving of his love, the flow of his love will bring testimonies just like that. It made pastoring so much easier by getting into the two parts of life. And uh, we've got to learn how to receive. Glory to God, that's so awesome. I know when you have a pain like that, such an irritation, and it hurts, and praise God, just heal just like that. That's who God is. That's the loving Father. And that's how easy it is when we just receive. Amen. All right. Amen. So be receiving this week. Be expecting this week. Amazing Acts is going to be great. So come in starting tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. We love you. Be blessed. Have a great rest of your Sunday.